How many know we are, we are the minority in a worldwide sense, but how many know that we have each other and we have the Lord? And that's all we need, you know? And, um, but that, that, that sense of family is, is it's what helps keep that wall together. Amen? And, um, you know, the enemy's always trying to attack that. And uh, how many know legalism doesn't breed a sense of family? It breeds competitors. That's all. Everybody's trying to compete for the pastor's approval and trying to compete for God's approval. And, and uh, it's, it's not a real family. I mean, it's a, it's a harsh place, man. But, but how many know that, that, that there is a true family of God? And uh, how many know my in here is perfect? Hey, amen. How many know there's no one in here that's any better than anybody else? Right? And, and so, like, there's a, there's a place of equality that's here. And there's a place of wholeness that's here. And we have each other's back. And through the good times and the bad times. Can I get an amen? And, um, and so, I just, that word on family was just a strong word. Because the enemy's really attacking family. He's attacking family in a church sense. And he's also attacking family just in a family sense, you know. Why? Because he's, he's trying to bring about division to bring about weakness. And uh, we have to take a stand against that. What unifies us, love? Real love, not the worldly love, just the real thing, you know, like it's what unifies us and makes us whole because when I'm walking in love, I mean, I can look, I can look past your mistakes and weakness and I can see the goodness in you. I mean, when you're walking in love, you can look past my mistakes and weakness and you can see the goodness in me. Amen. I mean, love covers the multitude. I mean, we need some covering. You know what I'm saying? We need some. We need. We need. We need each other's backs because you know we have good days. We have bad days. We have days where we're strong. We have days where we're weak, and it's that love that, that the real godly kind of love that that brings a just a sense of wholeness in a in a sense of community. Because um, I don't trust you until I can trust you with my weakness. I don't trust you as long as the only thing that I that I feel comfortable giving you is is my Christian awesomeness. You know what I'm saying? Then, then I don't trust you because I'm, I have a mask here that I don't feel comfortable you seeing behind. And you know, and I spent multitude of years creating this Christian mask and and learning how to hold it up and get good at holding it up. And uh, but behind that mask, I was lonely and afraid. And holding that mask up is exhausting. It's just exhausting trying to pretend like you're awesome all the time. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's awful. Like it's awful for Christians. But uh, it's also awful for ministers, you know, and, and you know, I never wanted my son to go through that as a pastor's kid. Like, I never wanted him to be under that microscope of, of uh, you know, where my life is judged by, uh, you know, how good a kid he acts. Why, why would anybody want to put somebody underneath that? That's awful, man. And so we, we, we fought against that. Um, and, uh, and, and, today, and, and so, like, we don't need a mask in here. Amen. I mean, the only one that's without spot and as lovely as Jesus. Can I get an amen? Like, we, we ain't without spot. Now we're in Him, thank God, and that's what, that's what beautifies us, but that, that, that place of the graciousness and the love and kindness of God, that's where fellowship happens. That's where you can drop your mask and you can, you can open up and, and talk about your weakness and the things that you struggle with. Can I get an amen? And, and it's in that place where shame is dismissed and the enemy's dismissed because when you're not alone hiding your mistakes and imperfections, then because um, how many know when you're hiding and you're afraid and you're and you're alone and you're ashamed? How many know the enemy has a field day? But 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 what what happens is is like we all need to be 
invited into each other's lives where we can where we can dismiss the shame. That's why the Bible says confess your sins to one another. I don't, I don't confess my sins to Brian in order for God to forgive me. I, can, I confess my weakness to Brian so that Brian can love me in my place of weakness and I know that I'm still okay because somebody still cares about me even though I'm not perfect. Y'all tracking me here? That, that's where the confession of sin to each other actually brings about healing because it dismisses the shame. You're ashamed when you're alone and you think nobody's ever made a mistake like I've made. Nobody's ever thought the things that I've thought. Nobody's ever, nobody. I mean, we've been talking about this in this mental health series. Think it not strange. This fiery trial, which is to try you, the same thing are accomplishing your brethren in the world. When we unplug from isolation and plug back into each other, there's health and strength. We, we have every opportunity to be isolated in the day that we're living in. I mean, every opportunity to get isolated. And how many know that, that people can bug you so much that you, you want to be isolated? You, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're just like, these people wearing me out, you know, and this, these people wearing me out. And these people. Well, here's the thing. The, the goodness of life are, a part of the goodness of life are the people that wear you out. Can I get an Amen. But if you just slowly unplug from everybody and it's just you and your phone, then that's a, it becomes a dark place. It's not a happy place. It's not a good place. And we need to unplug from this isolation that's trying to hit everybody and re-plug back into family. When I'm talking about family, I'm talking about each other. Because we need each other. Amen? Don't allow... We're not going to allow the enemy to steal that from us. And that's why the Bible says don't... You know, don't forsake the assembling yourself so much more as the day approaches. Like, as a person that understands grace, you don't come to church to get God to like you. How I many of you also don't come to church to get the pastor to like you? How I many I'm going to treat you the same no matter what? I never treat you different because I'm never going to hang that over your head because it was hung over my head and I don't believe in it. No, you're welcome and you're loved and you're celebrated for who you are not how not your church attendance. Can I get an amen? But but what I what I also know is that as a person that understands grace, you come to church because you need the strength of the assembly. Not because you're trying to get your your little um, uh, notch on your belt. You come because you need the strength of the assembly. And and that's that's why when it says don't forsake the assembling yourselves together. So much more as you see the day approaches. How many know the enemy is going to try to get us to, to, to not come together? Why? Because we need the strength of each other. You know, you never see... Uh, how many of all serial killers and, and people that, um, you know, like people that shoot up schools and stuff like that, the, the common denominator amongst all of them is isolation. Because when people isolate and spend all their time alone... They get weird because you're not created to operate like that. You're not created to be like that. Um, and the enemy has a field day inside of those people. And so it, it, it's important that we take the love of God and we cover each other and we come together and we strengthen each other, not out of a place of earning the blessing of God or earning approval, but out of the place of the fact that we just absolutely need each other in the time that we're living in. Can I get an amen? And those of you who are watching online and you know, and this is your only way to, to come together. This is your only way uh, to assemble because there are many of you out there. Listen, we love you. 
you know, we count you to be a part of our family. And uh, how many know God makes provision for different seasons? Can I get an amen? There is, there is provision for different seasons. But you are still connected to something other than yourself. Amen? And, um, and so there's a, there's a tremendous online community as well. But there, how many know that there can be unity in that place? And there can be conversations. And there can be prayer. And there can be fellowship. Amen? It's not the ideal situation. How many of the ideal situations, you can come up and give somebody a hug? And it's, that's the ideal situation. But we don't always have the ideal situation, but we still have to fight and take a stand for unity. Amen? And for wholeness. Because as the day approaches, we're going to need each other more and more. Because the world's going to continue to tell us we're crazy. And their voice is going to get louder and louder and louder. How many know the world's voice is funded better? They just have more money. So they, they have, you know, they have more... Uh, avenues to scream that, of, that what they're doing is right. And, um, and so they're going to... How many know the world is presenting a sense of unity that I've never seen before? Darkness is unified. They're unified against the Christ. Amen? It's okay. I'm not scared. You know what I'm saying? He told us it was going to be like that. But as that day approaches, you need to be around some other people that believe like you who can encourage you. Can you get an Amen. And they don't have to go to your church. Golly, we've got to get over that. The, 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 all the other denominations, all the other people that are believers. Well, Jeremiah, they're legalistic. Who cares as long as they love Jesus? <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? We've we got we to gotta drop all that stuff. Those, those days are over. Let's let the denominations just dissolve. And, and let. I'm talking about people that actually exalt. You know, how many of you know Jesus is the key issue? You know, as long as we got Jesus in there and I see love, then all is well. I don't care if you baptize the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, or just baptize the name of the Son or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, the time has run out to play church. I mean, it's totally run out. Jesus Christ is your lifeline right now. The world is going absolutely bat crazy. <laughs> Amen. And this, the Scriptures... And your fellowship are, is your lifeline. And then the other believers that God's going to place in your life. How many other other believers out there? Come on, man. Like in my gym, I do a lot of evangelism stuff in the gym. There are other believers in, the, in my gym. And we don't all agree on everything doctrinally. Who cares? We are believers. We believe in Jesus Christ. And you know what we do? We work together to evangelize the gym. We pray out loud. We talk about Jesus. We shine the light. Amen. I mean, it's time for unity. It's time to work together. Amen? Amen. Just encouraging all of us right now. Um, and I'm, I'm going to preach this sermon in 20 minutes. I have a timer. I'm not going to... I do need to preach. I do need to share. I do need to finish this series on mental health, and I'm going to do that. Um, and I'm just going to review real quickly, and we're going to dive into it, because there's not much... The, the last portion of this is stuff that we talk about all the time. But I need to finish this, and I think that it's important. I've gotten a lot of feedback online about this mental health thing. How many you know mental health has been something that's been attacked big time? And uh, God wants you to have a healthy mind. 3 John 1-2, Beloved, I wish that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Um, the, the, the greatness of Christ is on the inside of you, but it's only going to come out of you to the level that your mind gets healed and renewed. Can you get an amen? How many know no one in this room has more of Jesus than anybody else? I mean, you, the, the fullness of Christ is in you, but how many know the world has warped our mind? How many know the church has warped our mind? 
Church warped my mind really probably worse than the world did. I mean, for real. I mean, at least I knew what I was doing was wrong when I was in the drug community. I spent 14 years thinking I was doing the right thing, and I wasn't. And that's okay. But there's a healing that, that, that God wants to bring into um, our minds. And how I many you know if Jesus paid for it, I want it? Because, you know, and one of the things I've been looking at and been studying here is how I many you know every time the blood of Jesus hit the ground, redemption happened? A ransom took place. I mean, you know, Jesus bled so you don't have to. You don't have to die for your sins. He died for your sins for you. Amen? How I many know that He took stripes to provide healing for us? Those stripes, you know, weren't just to make a cool scripture or a cool t-shirt or a cool movie. How many of those stripes serve purpose for healing? Can I get an Amen. By His stripes, we were healed. How I many of you know He went through hell so that we could have healing? And all that blood that was spilled, there was a redemption that was happening. There was a payment that was being made. He paid the price for our sin. He also paid the price for our physical healing. Can I get an amen? The body of Christ, is, is for the past you know, 20, 30 years, has been getting a hold of the concept of physical healing. But what you have to understand is He bled for you mentally before He bled in any other way. Which is astonishing. You don't ever hear anybody teach about that. But if you, if you look at the Garden of Gethsemane, the first drops that are, that are of blood that are dropped out of Jesus' body is because He was in mental anguish and sorrow encompassed round about Him. It talks about it in Luke. That he, he sweat great drops of blood. There's a, there's a name for it scientifically. It's a big old long name. But it's a scientific... Um, that, that, that people, when they are under extreme mental duress and stress, that they can actually sweat blood. And so the first drops of blood's redemption was for your mind. Isn't that crazy? Because here's the thing. Anything that you go through physically, you've already went through mentally. Right? I mean, you know, the battle is the mind. And so Jesus mentally went through the anguish of the cross before He was physically crucified. And so when He was in that garden, and you know, I'll read it to you real quick, Matthew 26 and verse 36, you don't have to turn there. If you guys want to turn somewhere, turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 7. <clears throat> but uh, it says, Then Jesus came to a place called Gethsemane, and He said to the disciples, Sit here while I go and pray over there. And He took with Him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and He began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed, then he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. How I many you know Jesus <clears throat> despaired mentally to the point of death? Now, he did that for us. So we don't have to despair in a place of sorrow unto death. Can I get an amen? Yeah. This is talking about mental illness right now. This is talking about mental healing. <clears throat> Jesus went through it so we don't have to. How many know you will never have to be crucified for your sin? Because Jesus was crucified for your sin. How many know that, that, we don't, that sickness does not have to dominate our bodies? Can I get an amen? Now, how many know you're going to have to take a stand for the promises of God? How many know you're going to have to take a stand for the reality of your forgiveness? How many of you know you're going to have to take a stand for healing from mental illness? See, mental illness has such a bad connotation on it. It shouldn't. 
What are you talking about, Jeremiah? Well, if I'm mentally, if I'm mentally having dealing with sickness or illness, I, I could, depression, anxiety, fear, hopelessness, loneliness. How many of my emotions are unhealthy as a product of my thoughts? Is that not mental illness? See, when we think mental illness, we think, you know, psychiatric ward and, you know, and straight jacket and all that stuff. No, 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 no. Mental illness is when my mind is not well. And, and, and through this whole pandemic thing and COVID and all that stuff, I had some moments where my mind was not well. And I had to take a stand for this part of redemption. How many know just because Jesus paid for it, it's, it's, it's open to you, but how many know you have to take a stand for it? You have to take a stand. Now, grace makes it real to you that you don't ever have to earn anything from God. Can I get an amen? How many know it's all free? How many know Jesus paid for it? You don't have to buy anything from God. It's for free. Can I get an amen? Man, that cuts out 80% of Christianity right there, doesn't it? So many people think you've got to buy stuff that Jesus already paid for. If somebody trying to put a price tag on something that God died to give you for free, you need to run. There's no reason to buy something that, that Jesus paid. How I many you know it? Don't even get me started, but, but to think that you can take money and buy something that Jesus' blood already paid for has got to be one of the most insulting things ever to the cross. You don't have to buy for you don't have to buy the anointing, you don't have to buy the presence of God, you don't have to buy healing, you don't have to buy in fact when one guy tried to buy what they were doing in the kingdom, uh, Peter went off on him. I'm talking went off on him. Somebody somebody saw, hey, we can make money out of this thing. Pay me, I'll give you money, you give me the Holy Spirit. Peter went off on that dude and struck him with blindness in the new covenant. Under grace. Can I get an amen? amen. You know why? Because, because if we start introducing money and the kingdom funded, the kingdom operating on money, I mean, you know, we can't have money being the primary issue in God's kingdom. It can't be that way. Because the moment you start trying to sell God's stuff, we, we turn what's supposed to be a family into, into a business operation. Now, yes, man, praise God. We, you know, we need money to run the church. I need money to take care of my family. Money's a part of this whole thing, but it's not the number one thing. It's not even the number two thing or the number three thing or the number four thing. It's way down here. There are a million things in front of that stuff. Can I get an amen? And so when this guy tried to come in and buy something in the kingdom, Peter went off on him. Why? Because the love of money is the root of all evil, and you don't need the love of money operating in the house of God. The couple times you see Jesus get mad in Scripture is when they were abusing money in church. I mean, oh, our loving, kind, awesome Jesus sat down and made a whip. <laughs> love Jesus, man. He sat down and said, I'm about to clean the house. <laughs> he made a whip. He rolled up in the temple. He cracked the whip. He tossed the temple tables. Why? Because they were trying to sell relationship with God. He said, this is supposed to be a house of prayer. It's supposed to be a place of relationship. You've turned it into a den of thieves. Come on. 
Because God came to make this thing free, so whosoever will can come, and man's always trying to step in front of God and be a middleman. You can come, but you have to give me some money first. Come on. I hate it, man. I mean, there's few things on earth I hate more than that. Somebody comes to get Jesus, but instead they got to give their money to get Jesus. It's garbage, man. It's garbage. He cleansed the temple twice. The beginning of his ministry, the end of his ministry. I think he's cleansing the temple worldwide as we speak. I mean, a part of what Grace Revolution is doing is realizing that, the, the, that, that your money can't buy God. Can I get an amen? Ugh. Amen. The blood of Jesus is too precious to marginalize with paper money. And so, not even sure how we got on that. Praise the Lord. That's clearly not in the notes. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Not even kidding. I have no idea how we ended up there. Amen. I used to, anyway, praise God. God God's cleansing his house, amen, before he comes home. Um, the redemption that we have mentally is free. Amen. You can't buy it. You can't pay for it. But what you can do is you can receive it. I know what I was talking about. I was talking about grace. Grace lets you know everything is given for free, but how many of faith is what takes the fork and eats? Can I get an amen? You've got to believe in order to enjoy this thing. If it's all just grace, then we enter into apathy and passiveness, and it's not scriptural for it to just be grace. It's not. If you try to remove faith from grace, things get super weird. You can't do that. It's, it, it has to be both. It has to be grace, and it has to be faith together. They work together. They're not enemies. Grace provides everything. Faith takes what's provided. It's so simple that we complicate it. And so, and, 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 and so it's been graciously given to us, right? And so God wants your mind well. He wants your mind healthy, okay? And one of the things, just in a quick review here, and like I said, I'm only going to preach for 30 minutes. He says, and, and y'all don't believe me, but it's true because I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Well, it's 30 now. It's 30 now. <laughs> Can I get 10 more minutes? No. No, I'm, I'm really... One of, the th- one of my goals as a minister is to respect people's time, and, and if I can't get done what I need to get done in an hour of preaching, then I need to change what I'm saying. <laughs> now it is an hour. You're right. 20 minutes, 30 minutes, one hour, 60 minutes. Hey, the Packers played on Thursday, so I don't even got any football to watch today, so it's all good. <laughs> Let God's people go. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So, A, mental health, you're not alone. Okay, get an amen. That's something that we've been hitting for the past couple weeks. Number two, don't isolate. Amen. And I know that's a little that's similar to being alone, but um, it's also tied into conjunction. The enemy gets his best work done when we're isolated and we're away from everybody. We don't want that. The next thing is we have to allow hope to arise. Amen? I mean, you know, a, an unhealthy mind is a mind that has no hope. It's a mind that says, my best days are behind me. My future is bleak. Um, if you watch the news, it would appear as though that the entire world is hopeless. Okay? Uh, the, 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 the news is no longer just reporting what's happening. They, they've figured out that, it, that they can try to manipulate through the media. And I mean that on both sides of the field. You can't get accurate news from TV. You just can't do it. 
You need the scriptures to, to let you know what's true. You've got to hang your hope on Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? And we talked about that last week. God knows the thoughts that he thinks towards you to give you a future, to give you a hope. How I many you know the love of God restores hope on the inside of you? How I many you know when you know that God loves you, you know that God has good things planned for your life? Can I get an amen? That's just the bottom line is hope. And so now the, the final aspect of, of what we're talking about here and, and we talk about this a lot in this church, so I don't have to belabor this point, but um, condemnation, which we talk about this all the time, but condemnation is what casts a shadow over your thought processes and over your mind and your emotions. How I many of you know a condemned mind is unwell? What are you talking about? When you're experiencing condemnation, when you're experiencing condemnation, that's when, that's when, that's when isolation arises. <clears throat> That's when loneliness arises. That's when hopelessness arises. When you think God is against you, or you think God's disappointed in you, or God's holding something uh, you know, from you, or keeping something from you. How I many know if you think God's against you, it's very difficult to be optimistic? Right? And now, and that, and now the reality is, is that God is not holding anything against you, and that He is for you, and He's more for you than anybody in your life is for you. He's actually more for you than you're even for yourself and he loves you, and your sins and lawless deeds he remembers no more. Amen? And so we have to keep condemnation out of our mind if we're going to be well right here. Can I get an amen? No. Okay. Can I, can I, can I please get an amen? Come on. Praise God. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Usually I can say that, and at least somebody will say amen, but y'all was like... You're like, you're like, no, you can't have an Amen. Um, Ecclesiastes 7, 7 says, Surely oppression makes a wise man mad. Surely oppression makes a wise man mad. And now, what, what, what depression is, is it's opposite pressure. It's oppression. It's pressure against your will, against your emotions. How I many know Jesus was experiencing tremendous pressure when he sweat out great drops of blood? Amen? And so, you have to take a stand against oppression. How I many you know you have to take a stand against condemnation? How many of you know that no one can do that for you? You have to do that for yourself. You have to take a stand on the finished work of the cross for yourself. And then if you guys will turn to Isaiah 54. So we got to stay, we got to, we got to stay out of isolation. We got to stay out of hopelessness. And we do these things through, through the redemption and through the love of God. <clears throat> and then we've got to keep condemnation out of our lives. And we do that through the gospel and through the cross. Isaiah 54 and verse 14 it says, in righteousness you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear, and from terror, for it, for it shall not come near you. So getting established in righteousness. I mean, that's what we do here as a church. That's what we do here as a ministry. We, we, we look uh, to the reality of Jesus as our righteousness. We embrace Jesus as our righteousness. We maintain Jesus as our righteousness. How many know you're right with God not because of what you've done? You're right with God not because of what you do. You're right with God because you've believed in Jesus and you've been born again. Amen. That is, the, it, it, the righteousness has been given to you as a gift. It's not something you earn. It's not something you deserve. It's also not something that you maintain through your good behavior. Okay, get an amen. And you know, we hear that. Everybody in here knows that. But you have to keep hearing that. Because um, th that's the primary place the enemy is going to try to attack you. He's the accuser of the brethren. He's going to try to convince you that you're not right with God, 
that you're not blessed, that you're not worthy. God's against you. People are against you. And, and you have to stand against that because if you don't know that you're right with God, you're going to have no faith to, to receive the promises of God. If the enemy can convince you that you're not right with God, then it's going to be difficult to stay, take a stand for healing. It's going to be difficult to take a stand for financial provision or for protection. All of your faith, the ground zero of your faith, the, 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 the foundation of your faith is based upon the fact that you're right with God. If that is shaken or removed, you're not going you're not to be able to believe that God's going to do anything for you. The Bible says that when our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. How many know your heart can condemn you when God is not condemning you? The enemy's always trying to put, put you into a position of heart attack. Which I'm talking about your own heart condemning you, your own conscience condemning you. If you are condemning yourself, that's what he's always trying to get you to do, is you to condemn yourself. Well, I'm just not, I'm just not, I'm just not. There's way too much focus on I. It's not about you. Can I get an amen? It's not about me either. It's about Jesus Christ. Okay? I didn't make myself right with God. I don't keep myself right with God. I was drug addict, atheist, crazy man, lunatic out here running crazy. And the Lord came to me, rescued me and saved me, and took me out of death, out of darkness, and placed me into Him. The only thing I did was I consented to being saved. I surrendered. Okay, now, now, now here we are. We're in Christ. Praise God. You know what that means? You're worthy to receive everything that God has given to you. Can you get an amen? Because your worth is not... You, you don't have an existence outside of Christ any longer. That person was crucified and died. So, so don't get caught up staring at yourself when you should be staring at Jesus. That's what condemnation is. It's self-focus. It's looking at me. Well, am I worthy to pray this week? You know, what kind of week did I have? How did I do this week? You know what I did last night? I ate two pieces. Here we go. Here we go. Here it is. Hey, this is I leveled up. I, no, you don't even know what I'm about to say. I've never done this before, and I've been, in the, I've been in this thing for a minute. I ate two pieces of cheesecake from the Cheesecake Factory. I mean, I don't know whether to be ashamed or proud. <laughs> two. No, I got it to go. This was premeditated. I walked in there. Only Stacy wanted a piece. Ethan didn't want a piece. Stacy wanted a piece. I wanted a piece. I, she, she gets this and I get that. But then I saw this pumpkin cheesecake that was like with like uh, caramel and and uh, and uh, and uh, and uh, pecans and uh, and I was like, here comes my wife. There's my daughter. <laughs> and so I said, I'm gonna get that too. And so I walked out with three pieces, knowing I'm gonna eat two. Knowing I kind of don't want my wife to know that I'm going to eat too, but also knowing I can't keep it from her. And so, like, when she was putting the kids to bed, I ate the first piece of cheesecake. And then when she came down, I ate the next piece of cheesecake while she ate her piece of cheesecake. And then I went into a sugar coma and fell asleep. <laughs> I, passed out. I mean, you can't stay awake after you've done that. I'm like, well, I ain't go to bed. And then I snored. You have any comments, honey? Are you sure? <laughs> I told the story accurately. So, yeah, so why we talk about that? <laughs> Condemnation, come on now. 
Yes. Now, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Did, did, and that was, that was a lot. It was. But did I, you really think that, though, when you were doing it? No, I knew it. I, I didn't care, though. I mean, I was still, like, it was great. The second piece wasn't as good as the first piece. You know, I don't know. Anyway, praise God. Probably because the, the, it didn't taste as sweet as, you know, anyway. Whatever. Get a lot of tiny. No, he take notes, right? Cleanse the palate. Amen. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'll write all this stuff down. But but here here's now. I know. Like everybody's like, we've been eating two pieces for. Nobody in here is eating two pieces of cheesecake Cheesecake Factory in the same day. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like I said, I don't know if I'm proud or ashamed, right? Any, anyway, anyway, here's the thing. Was that a lot? Yes. Was that self-controlled? No. Was that in the spirit? No. No, none of those things. But here's the thing. Does it change my right to have all the promises of God? No, no. It doesn't change my right at all. Now, how many know? How many know if the next day the enemy tried to hit me with something? Now, here's here's the thing. How many know if I did that consistently, it wouldn't be good for me? I'm not saying that. I'm not taking away the the repercussion of decisions. Okay, I understand that. But but what I'm saying is, <clears throat> it does not change the way God feels about me. It does not change God's love towards me or His desire for me to enjoy all the blessings of God for free in Christ Jesus. Okay, get an amen. Now. The, the, the fact that I understand that has been years of me getting established in righteousness. Because how many know there would be a time where the enemy could have condemned me, listen to me, and brought sickness on me as a result of the condemnation? And see, for you it might not be cheesecake. It might be getting mad. It might be... Uh, um, Road rage, amen, that's always a nice, safe one that we can talk about, you know? You know, I mean, but how I many you know everybody in here has an area where the enemy tries to hit you? Everybody here, okay? Everybody. And, and for those of you that don't think you have any of those areas, I'll tell you, your area is self-righteousness. <laughs> Let me help locate you. That's called pride. <laughs> for those of you that don't have any areas, you're the ones that look down on everyone else, right? Moving right along. When I say that, I make sure I look at the wall so no one thinks I'm talking about them because I don't think we have that in here. But anyway, it's, that's for the online crowd. That's for the online crowd. Amen. Um, you all have an area where the enemy tries to hit you to, to flower and grow condemnation in you. Because if he can get your mind condemned then weapons formed against you will prosper. That's what the rest of the Scripture says. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. How many know that, that you're going to have moments in your life where you're going to have to condemn the condemner? Now listen, I'm not saying that it absolves you from walking in love and the fruit of the Spirit. Can I get an amen? How many know we want to walk in love? I just don't think Jesus would have ate two pieces of cheesecake. You know what I'm saying? Like, what would Jesus do? He's going to eat two pieces of cheesecake. No, he's not. 
but I don't, I don't always walk, talk, and act like Jesus. I'm human, like I'm human, and I'm very open about my humanity up here because I spent 14 years in a ministry that was not open about their humanity, and they act like their poop didn't stink. And as a result of that, that when my poop did stink, I felt like I was awful and I just needed to be more like them. How I many everybody's poop stinks? You may have good days and bad days, that's why we need Jesus. Man, boy, y'all didn't know y'all was getting this this morning, did you? <laughs> It's true, though. Can we be real? Hallelujah. We're people. We're human beings, right? And so whatever area of weakness that is in your life that you're having a challenge with, the enemy is not as concerned about you making that mistake as he is about condemning you when you make it. Because if he can get you into a state of condemned thought... All of your thoughts will be like razor blades and they will cut into your heart. Your thoughts will be filled with accusation against yourself. Here's the thing. You have lost the right to judge yourself. You can't do it anymore. You've lost that right. It's a part of the fee of initiation, if you'll allow it. How many know that you, how many know Paul said, I don't judge my own self? How many know when you get to heaven, you're not going to get a chance to judge yourself? Now, you will get a chance to judge angels. But here's the thing. Whatever judgment you are passing against yourself, you're passing towards Jesus. I mean, that's deep and offensive to self-righteousness. When Paul was attacking Christians, when he was persecuting Christians... Jesus said, Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting me? How many of you know Jesus has chosen to identify with us? How many of you know we need to choose to identify with Him? And so if you're going to condemn yourself, you're condemning your Savior. And condemnation will never produce life. It will only produce death. So mental health means not sitting as judge over whether you're worthy to receive God's love, acceptance, and blessing or not. Paul said, I don't judge myself. Why? He lost the right to. Can I get an amen? Judge yourself according to Jesus Christ. As He is, so are we in this world. How many know that the thief on the cross had the option of saying, Lord, I'm... How many know the thief didn't say he was unworthy? Why? Because he was sitting right next to Jesus. And he was too busy staring at how awesome Jesus was and how beautiful Jesus was and how amazing Jesus was. He lost sight of himself. And so condemnation dissolved off a man that was clearly condemned because his eyes were on Jesus and not on himself. How I many you know as that man was right next to Jesus, I guarantee he wasn't thinking about all of, his, all of the times that he stole, all the times that he messed up, all the things that he messed up. All he could do was say, that's the king. I'm asking you to, to look at Jesus and say, that's the king. I mean, you know, the guy didn't spend all day talking about himself. You know, I mean, when you're in condemnation, you know who you talk about? Yourself. You're always talking about you. I mean, you know, condemnation, it's like a sickness where we just focus on ourselves. 
I mean, no, we got to get our eyes off of us and get our eyes onto the Lord. Can I get an amen? One piece of cheesecake, two pieces of cheesecake, three pieces of cheesecake. I'm still a child of God. I'm still the righteousness of God. And I still am going to have all the promises of God. Because it's not about me. I don't disqualify myself. Now, please understand, I'm not encouraging you to go out and eat three pieces of cheesecake. <clears throat> I'm not encouraging you to be angry and road rage. I'm not encouraging you to make mistakes. But I'm saying that you're in Christ. How many you know that, that when Noah was in the ark, he probably had made... How I many they probably stumbled and fell a couple times in the ark as all hell was breaking loose outwardly? But, but how many know that as long as he was in the ark, he was fine? See, how many know Jesus is your ark? And you're going to have moments when you stumble and fall. But you're not falling out of Christ, you're falling while you're still in Christ. And it's a whole lot easier to get up when you don't condemn yourself and you know that Jesus paid for your sins. Can't get an amen. Listen to me. It's self-righteous for you to try to pay for your sins. It's, it's, it's rank sin. It's, it's worse than eating two pieces of cheesecake. <laughs> Don't pay for your sin. You can't do it. There's no place for it. Amen? And so we're just going to have to stop. We don't have time to move forward. Um, because we could talk about condemnation all day long. But there is no condemnation for you. Can you get an amen? And if we want a healthy mind, we've got to trust that Jesus did a good job on the cross. That's what condemnation is. It's saying... I don't think he did a good job. And, and I know that's, that's a strong way of saying it, but I like saying it like that because I, I, want, to, I want to offend the self-righteousness out of you. You couldn't save yourself, and you also can't keep yourself saved. <laughs> Isn't it great? You've been removed. The weak link is gone. It's us. That's why this new covenant is so good. I mean, you know, this covenant isn't even between God and man. It's between God and God. It's between the Father and the Son. You just happen to be in Christ. Can you get an amen? Man, as our eyes get open to that, man, it's like the world becomes a brighter place. Amen? Because all the promises in Him are yes and amen. Okay. I'm going to shut up. I'm going I'm to shut up. So, anyway. Um, Lord, we just thank You. And I thank You, Father, that You help us to receive healing for our minds, to fortify our minds in righteousness, to get established in righteousness, strong in righteousness, so that there would be no shadows of condemnation cast across our minds. Lord, that we'd stay in that place of, of, of health and wholeness and knowing that You love us and knowing that we're forgiven and that we're pardoned, Father. We thank You for that in Jesus' name. Amen. No. <laughs> Don't give her the mic. No, I'm just kidding. You come here. You come here. You always say something.